0: coming up on The Medicine Podcast.
1: When I was in uh, Costa Rica for an ayahuasca uh, experience, I was really calling in my partner. And I remember in one ceremony, seeing this woman in front of me and the energy now having had that experience it was exactly reminiscent of how i experienced mm-hmm. lorne at an energetic mm-hmm. level and she was sitting in front of me and the wildest thing is what i named her in after that ceremony was white rose i mm-hmm. was like and so as part of my like meditations and prayers like i always say like i have one guy who's sacred eagle and, and white rose and her middle name's rose
0: oh my wow. god rose. seriously and
1: so like and the energy yeah
0: oh my god i just got goosebumps Welcome back to The Medicine Podcast. You guys know me. My name is Mimi. And next to me, I have the man that I have been in love with since I was 17 years old, Chase.
2: Wow. What is going on, everybody? Extra excited today. And it's not just because I'm filled with tobacco and caffeine <laughs> from already a couple hours worth of, of hard hard work this morning.
0: Vaporized tobacco. Vaporized let's, tobacco. Let's be clear.
2: But it's because... Uh, We've got some really great friends on the show today, got Mike and Lauren, both of which just have a wealth of knowledge, but have recently leaned into parenting and uh, cultivating this incredible holistic family that they have. And so we're just so
1: excited to have you both here
3: super excited to be here
1: yeah we're so stoked we've been looking forward to this since uh since you guys uh reached out but then also as i was briefly sharing with mimi on the podcast we recorded just yesterday we've been uh admiring and appreciating you guys from afar and so and i know you had brought mimi up that was kind of a mutual feeling so we're, we're just delighted to be here
0: yeah yeah likewise for sure Um, Well, let's get right into it. Our first question that we ask every guest on The Medicine, and I would love to hear from each of you, whoever wants to go first can, but our first question is, what do you love in your life? What aspect of your life do you love so much that you wish you could gift it to every human?
3: Wow. That's a beautiful question. (laughs) I I got mine right away. away.
1: I think the biggest thing, especially as it relates to our relationship, is the fact that we have very harmonious and aligned and clear core values both individually and then as a family. I think that was that was absolutely huge before bringing Luca into the world is really coming up with as a family what are our core values as a unit and I really do feel like that's not to say we don't experience challenges because we absolutely do. However, when it's f- like when it's held or rooted in that common ground of okay, we may be challenged, we may be seeing things differently, but if we're to come back to the heart of what this disagreement is or what we're moving forward in, we have very aligned core values as a family unit. And that in and of itself, if I were to, um, inspire whatever someone listening it would be to establish that individually and then collectively as a team
0: i love that i'm going to give lauren a few more seconds to think here and ask you if you could speak to two or three of those core values off the top of your head like what comes to mind when you think of we share core values
1: you want to speak to that sweet yeah um The two that are immediately at the top of my head are kindness and respect. Kindness, respect, and integrity. Those are kind of like three very big ones. And both her and I are very clear that kindness is different than, for example, just simply being nice. And sometimes the kindest thing to do is the most challenging thing to do. Mm. So we've been very rooted in that as a family unit of that's really how we want to bring up Luca And then respect and integrity. And so that is a continual journey for us, especially, you know, we're very big on integrity of how, integrity of word first and foremost. So do we say what we're going to do? And if we're not, it certainly causes some internal stress. Um, And then also integrity of the heart. Um, you know, are we living according to our heart's compass and our heart's purpose and then even just physical integrity. So are we taking care of our body? Do we have enough physical integrity in our structure to show up as, um, as healthy as possible, uh, for ourselves and for each other. So yeah, kindness, respect, and integrity are huge.
0: So good. Just pillars. And I I would say that we're similar in some ways, but um, I love that so much.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I'm thinking about my own life and I had a beautiful upbringing challenge for sure. I had too many moments where I butted heads with my parents to count, but they did a really incredible job about creating that foundation. And although it wasn't vocalized, hey, these are the core values of the family, something like integrity was palpable. And Mm. in my most challenging moments throughout life as an adult, I've been sitting in that space where I could have made a significantly worse decision had I not had the backbone that was programmed in. And we we don't get me wrong. We we talk a lot about unhealthy programs that our environment and our family potentially put in us as we're young, but there's also these like like the establishment of core values that are so important Mm -hmm. that end up being your backbone when life hits you in the face and you can make a choice life affirming, or you can choose something out of fear and avoidance. And it's been in those moments, and, and it was when I was leaving Christianity, oddly enough. It was when I was leaving my financial career, both of which was like, I will not be in integrity if i choose to continue to partake in this knowing that i am out of alignment with it and like those core values are so vitally like vitally critical mm-hmm. for the moments when shit hits the fan in life and you have to rely on your own ability to have a, a backbone something that's been embedded within you that is deep and and solid and made of structure and so i could not align with you more in the sense that the, the core mm-hmm. value container in the dynamic of a family is just like wildly important.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Yep. Yeah. Core ethos. What about you, Lauren? Does anything <laughs> come up for our, our first question? Um,
3: what do you love so much you wish you could gift? Yeah, it's actually something that um, I've found in my partner as well. And I think it's something that we share and really helps keep our relationship vibrant and alive. And that's um, just curiosity, and the absolute obsession with learning. I mean, we've been lifelong students. We continue, we hope to continue to be that forever. Um, I think that's a, a joint value that I see in you guys as well as just, I mean, Paul Check is one of our, all of our mutual mentors yeah. um, and just the, the rabbit holes that this world presents us like to just dive into and explore and um, always keeping this just, frequency of curiosity, you know, and that the beginner's mind comes up with that too. There's a humbleness built into that, like just eagerness to learn, but it's also a lot of fun. I mean, I think the most fun things that we've done in our relationship are those like spontaneous or just those peak curiosity moments, um, that keeps, you know, too, like to have like a long, long-term, long lifelong relationship. I mean, I think those, those bits of novelty, like that's kind of maybe more the shadow side for me is like, I love novelty. I'm always looking for the next iteration of something, even if it's like revisiting something that I've already studied. Um, but that's something that I think if everyone had uh, life would be a lot more fun for a lot more people. Um, and yeah, we just, We strive to always learn more every day. And and that's something that we've practiced in our relationship too, is really reflecting back to each other, big takeaways of the day or curiosities. Um, We have this new um, ritual now which we've kind of just organically um created but at seven o'clock at night when it's about time for luca to go down we'll um, go for our drive our like evening drive um because he's working all the time and it's you know sometimes it's hard to really get those deep conversations um now that we're parents so seven o'clock we could hop in the car and he he grew up in, in the city that we're living in now. And so it's cool to like revisit his childhood. And he's like, that's where I used to do that. And, you know, I get to explore more of, you know, his background. Um, and then we'd have this really special time to um, just reflect on what we've learned that day. So that's yeah. been a cool practice. Uh, that's uh, so cool. I love that, that you're, yeah. oh, God. <laughs> we love it.
0: You go ahead.
1: Love.
3: I was just
0: going to say, I think that that's so wonderful that you guys are, Instead of being frustrated that, oh, Mike's working and, you know, he's he's obviously like providing for you guys and providing for the family and, and uh, you know, living in his purpose, obviously, which I'm sure, you know, I I've gotten to speak to Mike a little bit yesterday and I know that you're lit up by your work. So it's a gift to be able to live that way. Mm-hmm. And instead of being frustrated, like, oh, we don't have enough time together, you're creating it you are mm-hmm. taking agency over the the place and the the season that you guys are in instead of being frustrated. And, um, you know, maybe there's some frustration <laughs> oh, there. Oh. It's oh. funny you say that because that was the
3: word. Like last night we Let's had, one of, had right. one of those tipping points. I had one of those tipping points. And he came out from like a long day and I, his energy was high. And I was like, I'm just not there right now like in that frustration was that we check in with each other and we really have like language fortunately for you know hearing where each other's at and hopefully creating the container where it's safe enough to share but you know when those emotions are at that like when i'm just exhausted or whatever and i feel like i have no energy on board um one it's a huge gift to have a partner to be able to like kind of tease out for me like what i need in that moment because that's been hard for me to vocalize sometimes um So yeah, just to be fully honest and upfront, like we, we certainly have that, but like we've learned and we've developed tools of like what to do with that, you know? And sometimes it's more productive than others, to be honest. Um, last night we didn't, I didn't get fully get to that. Like, and I'm good again moment, you know, like I needed a night's sleep and, and reflection and all that. But, um, But yeah, I do think that we try and alchemize to the best of our ability. Yeah. Well,
0: you guys are still human and I don't, at (laughs) least I haven't seen you guys floating yet. So like, you know, we all have our, we all have our things and we all have our days. And it's, it's like, what do you, what are you doing 80 or 90% of the time? Of course we're going to have those days. It's like, we have to also have compassion for ourselves and and knowing that you're navigating a very new season of life individually Mm -hmm. and together. And so yeah, I mean, I think that that's beautiful that you guys can alchemize. Were you going to say something, babe?
2: Well, I, I'm I've got multiple th- things going on <laughs> in my head. Uh, <laughs> one thing I love about that that phrase, like alchemy, is that is what the container of the family should represent. The world is crazy enough. Like our external environment is chaos. Yeah. The space mm-hmm. of the family and the container of the family is one to alchemize that chaos. And transmute it into something that can be life-affirming and love-giving. And that's where I think we miss the boat oftentimes in humanity is family ends up being as chaotic, if not more, than the external world. And it's only exponentially increasing that chaotic Mm. environment and it becomes pervasive through life. And as you engage in conscious relationships whether that be romantic friendship you know ideally for people it's with their employer and it's with these other domains these men's work and these circles that that are able to come together it's a space of alchemy and it says hey yo the world is crazy but when we come inside of this space, we get to take that craziness and transmute it into something that's more beautiful. And we come out of it with more energy. It's, it's less depleting. Mm-hmm. And um, that might sound really romantic for someone who doesn't have any kids over here. <laughs> um, but that's really how I like to think of it. It's something that I want to lean into. And the other thing mm-hmm. I just love that you said is is how critically important curiosity is. There's such a clear difference when we were married versus where we are at now having divorced and then reconciled is that we lived on our childhood nostalgia uh, Mm -hmm. as the component Mm -hmm. that kept us bound together in our marriage. And we weren't creating new memories, much less having curiosity as to who each other was transforming Mm -hmm. into. And that is something that is such a lifeline now. And it's as simple as, yo, I'm reading this book about Steiner and he's articulating, you know, XYZ about the metaphysical realm, And then we have this dialogue that goes on an hour and we're yeah. creating new ideas. We're actually bringing forth, massaging together these new ideas and these new ways of being with each other that, mm. that layer in novelty that becomes nostalgia, of course, but at least you're mm. like continuing to layer in new experiences, new thoughts, new ideas, and you're not pulling all the way back to the Honeymoon phase of your relationship in order to remember why you're still in it, and so I just love that those two, you know, both the alchemy idea and then the the curiosity component um, were were brought up because I think that underrated aspect of relationship yes. uh, advice is just the simple commitment to staying curious.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm. Well said.
0: Yeah, yeah. It keeps you. I, I loved that as well. And and when I think of when I think of curiosity, I think of openness. And whether that's individual curiosity, where you're curious about your own internal state, your own internal world, you keep peeling back the layers. And th- instead of flogging ourselves for what we did wrong or what we haven't figured out, what we haven't mastered yet, it's like, huh, OK, I wonder why I'm responding that way. Huh. Let me think on that. Like, I wonder what's coming up for me. And it's such a um, it adds some levity. To sure. some of the difficult circumstances that still come our way in life, we can't get away from difficulty or difficult circumstances in our life. But if we approach it with this note of uh, curiosity for ourselves and then also in relationship, like Chase was saying, um, and then just also for the world, like we Absolutely. live in an insane place the fact that we're all on this earth spinning how many thousands of miles an hour, you know, the like the fact that we it like the universe is conspiring for us to be in this moment with you guys having this conversation, gifting it to our listeners. It's just like, man, you meditate on that kind of thing for like two minutes and you're blown open if you have that that approach of curiosity. So yeah, I know we mm-hmm. definitely line up with you guys um wholeheartedly in that way. I would love to know, I, I haven't heard this story and I don't know much about your guys' personal relationship story. Can you give us, um, you know, give us the story of how you got together, what attracted you, and ultimately, how did you know that this was
3: your mm-hmm. person? Wow.
1: You want to lead that one, sweetie?
3: Sure. Yeah. So um, Mike and I have known each other for over 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, as colleagues, as you know, um, co-students, um, the Czech Institute is what connected us and what's connected me to many of my dear friends. And, um, so that was the common link. And I think going back to like rooted in our core values, like once we established for ourselves, like what our core values were as, you know, young adults, um, I think that's what really magnetically attracted us to each other. And it took a long time. It took 10 years of, you know, like distant friends. And, you know, we would take courses together here and there platonic, um, and and then over the years, COVID really is what um, connected us. And um, another layer deeper of that it was actually um, in a medicine ceremony that um, he had invited me to. And man, I'll let you elaborate on more of that night because it's crazy to try and sum up in a couple sentences. But. Um, our hearts and our souls really just recognize each other. Um, mm. There was that opening that you kind of um, talked about where it was like, I don't know, it was magic really. I mean, I think that the the medicines and the plants can really conspire to know things that we don't, you know? And it's kind of like, wow, you one of those stories of you've been here all along, mm-hmm. you know? And, and what we've said since that night and what I've said is like, we weren't ready for each other until that exact moment of that opening, of that softening, of enough healing within ourselves and journeying of inwards and finding out who we are and really solidifying those those core values of how we wanted to live and and who we wanted to be with. Um, another kind of layer of the magic of I think what called us into each other. Um, we were both independently doing Joe Dispenza's morning and evening meditations. Mm-hmm. The year prior, um, consistently, like daily, for my maybe three, three to six months, I'd mm-hmm. say for me, and um, we were really just imagining, or I, I'll speak for myself. I was imagining what it would feel like. Like, who would this person feel like? Like, who would I feel like being with this person? Mm-hmm. Um, really, just from an emotional, energetic level, like embodying um, that version of me. And it wasn't until months after we dated that we kind of made that connection. He was like, I did those meditations at the same time. So we were literally like independently doing this six months before connecting um, romantically. And so that was pretty wild. I mean, you can't make this stuff up really. I guess you could, but we're not. (laughs) what else do you remember?
1: Oh man, there is so much in that. Um, Well, as part of that medicine ceremony, It was so you know i'd been single for eight years before that and my last relationship didn't quite end well and so there was a lot of healing that needed to happen and what had come up for me at least was you know i had thought i had done a fair bit of healing on my own but it wasn't until meeting her being in that space that i'm like it was so scary because the the medicine ceremony had ended and we were in a, a friend's house who was leading it and uh so you could kind of at the end of the ceremony kind of just grab a couch or whatever you wanted to do so ceremony was complete and so we're sitting there and she was guided into the room she's like hey is it okay if i sleep on this part of the couch and sleep here i was like yeah yeah no problem
3: no it was more like move over like i'm sleeping like it was dark he was like in itself
1: well <laughs> right before she sat down i remember because i had gotten there first and i had like the blanket and i was like I had forgotten that at the end of the ceremony, they had some fruit out. So I—I I, it was a mushroom ceremony. So I had eaten some citrus. I don't know if it was pineapple or what. And that reactivated mm. the medicine. So like, as soon as she started sitting down, I was like, hold on, hold on. And I was like, I just want to let you know, I'm about to go deep again. <laughs> and from that point on, it was such a challenging experience. So I didn't sleep a wink for seven hours or whatever it was wow. till the morning. She didn't sleep. And I was so, uh, the best way I could describe it is I was fighting this metaphorical dragon. And I didn't quite realize it until quite a bit later to integrate the messages. But it was like this felt sense of, for me, I had so such walls built up around partnership and that trusting again, that a part of me and my soul, how I feel was like, felt that there was a soul connection there and I would allow myself to feel it and then there would be immediate collapse Mm. and it was just literally I was just fighting it over and over and I was so so challenged that I couldn't even speak and that was the moment like that I feel that my soul knew that she was my person because I was so beyond words grateful that she just sat there and held space we didn't say anything and all I could say was like at certain moments like Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And I was just, I was like, holy fuck, this girl's got my back no matter what. Mm. And so, but it was a very challenging experience. And so I'm infinitely grateful to that ceremony, to her being there, to the medicine, because I don't know, I don't know how long it would have taken me to, um, have the courage and to step into starting to take down those walls brick by brick and this felt like something was coming down with a sledgehammer so I'll share, that was a really, I would say that was the the big moment. However, I've got this interesting relationship with visions <laughs> and uh, like I've seen my son multiple times before he came, but he came as a bald old man <laughs> and uh, like he comes- Side story. Side story <laughs> and he came, when he came out, he looked like a bald old man, yeah. it was kind of funny. Uh, so we joke about that, but when I was in uh, Costa Rica for an ayahuasca uh, experience, I was really calling in my partner and I remember in one ceremony, um, seeing this woman in front of me and the energy now having had that experience, it was exactly reminiscent of how I experienced mm-hmm. Lauren at an energetic mm-hmm. level. And she was sitting in front of me and the wildest thing is what I named her in after that ceremony was white rose. Mm-hmm. That was like, and so as part of my like meditations and prayers, like I always say, like I have one guy to sacred Eagle and, and white rose. And her middle name's Rose.
0: Oh my Mom God, Rose. seriously? And
1: so like, and the energy, yeah. And oh my so God, it's I just, just got
0: goosebumps. Yeah, Jesus. so,
1: and I've said that prayer every single day that I meditate. Damn, What I've always just like, thank the medicines, I think, or whatever that I've worked with. I thank my guides, and it's always Sacred Eagle, White Rose, and then the family members who have passed. And mm-hmm. so there was a recognition, I really think, years ago, and then the dispenser work. So there's all these like little <laughs> breadcrumbs and clues, some that were yeah. big openings and some that were more nuanced. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that that's really what speaks to me right now. Yeah.
3: yeah, and I think too, again, what that ceremony and other ceremonies have really allowed, at least my experience of you and, and myself, I'm sure, is like that opening of the heart um, where it's a disarming mm-hmm. because... Um, he, you'll say, and you shared with me that you know you were energizing and, and, so to speak, wanting to call in a relationship long before we actually connected. Um, but was was your life really created in a way to allow that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. You know, and that's why I say like COVID really helped us create that space and that opportunity because he was traveling all over the world. I was trapped. Like we were we were saying one thing and yeah. living something else. And I think that that's something that many people probably consciously or not are, are doing, right? It's like, words are powerful, but they only go so far if, yeah. if your behavior isn't aligning with that. And especially if your behavior is not aligning with that higher person that you really ultimately want to end up with. I mean, we can all find people to be placeholders, you know, like that's not, challenging to be in any relationship but to be in the one that's really yeah you know for life i think that that's yeah it's a lot of baby steps of every day like how am i yeah. creating this space in my life for Re- to call in this person
2: really really relevant important points we get the question often from our show and our community um as we talk a lot about relationships and and the folks who are single out there and they're just really very deeply interested and you know, borderline desperate for like a conscious partner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's, and the question is like, how do I call this in? You know, there's Mm -hmm. an awareness that it's not just like grabbed and found, but this sort of calling in practice and you're nailing it where there's this, there's this framework of time and attention to the opening process. And Mm -hmm. then there's an integration of those openings into the, to the real world. And if you're not making some level of change in, the expression of your physical existence to mirror what you're opening yeah. towards it really does get challenging to find the person and mm-hmm. uh there's such an important piece to like if you're feeling and making change internally and opening to the the interest of having a conscious partner to then see changes in your actual physical manifestations of decision making and the way that you live your life and uh you know I, I think both of us similarly had a had a process when we were apart Of course, having no clue that it would be our ex-husband and ex-wife that we'd be calling back in. (laughs) So cool. But wild, I went through, uh, when we were split up, like literally months before we got back together, a Joe Dispenza, which is like an endurance.
0: Yeah, that's a commitment. uh,
2: It is a marathon of meditating. And with his voice too, which is like kind of whiny in your (laughs) head. Sure, sure. It is, it's a, a legit task, but really, really powerful. Um, and Mimi was doing something similar where she was in this, we'd both hit these rock bottoms in our lives Mm -hmm. and gotten to this point where we're just like, damn it, dude, I, I needed to get to a place where I didn't have bitterness and and pessimism from our divorce. I was just really ready to start fresh. And, and and you Mm -hmm. had, had a, had quite literally a calling in of, of, you know, a partner, a conscious partner and it, you know, no coincidence, that it was only months later that we, we, found ourselves back in in friendship and then what ultimately led to uh a relationship reconciliation and so not to be underrated like there is there is a process for this Mm -hmm. and a a deep meaningful process
0: Hey friend, by now I think most of us realize that our earth needs our support more than ever. Sadly, most of the usable soil on earth has been degraded into lifeless dust by conventional farming's overuse of glyphosate and pesticides. This is a big problem for not only us, but even bigger problem for our kids' generation. Chase and I's favorite way to support the earth is by supporting the regenerative farmers who use methods that do not degrade the soil, but build robust, rich, biodiverse soil. Every month we receive our meat subscription box from Wild Pastures that provides a wide variety of meat chicken sausage pork beef and even organ meats if we want these are the best prices we have found on meat that's organic pasture raised and sourced from regenerative farmers and boxes are completely customizable to fit your family's needs with wild pastures you're not only supporting your family's health with the highest quality meat you're also supporting future generations and our earth our home. Now, Wild Pastures is giving you 20% off your subscription and free shipping for life. Just check the show notes below for our direct link and start building your first box. Enjoy! I want to I want to pull on something that Mike said, I think that is really important in the conversation around people who are wanting a partner, an intentional conscious partner to add to their life, not to make their life, but to add to it, add love to it. You said, um, oh, you meditated or you were thinking about how you would feel in the presence of your partner and just focusing on how you want to feel and how that would feel. You might've said it a little bit differently, but I think that that's really important instead of, you know, in our society in our swipe, right, swipe, left society that focuses on the external. Obviously that's part of it. You know, we all want to be attracted to our partner and, and our partner to be attracted to us, of course, but there's so much more to it. And Mm. I think what people, some people focus on more is like, is he over six feet? Does she have big boobs? Does this, does that, does he have the car? Does she have this? Is she self-sufficient? You know, And instead, I think it's more productive to focus on how do I want to feel when I'm mm-hmm. in the presence of my person. And when you meditate on that in, a, in a, any sort of consistent way, when you meet that person, when you're around them and you're like, oh my God, that's that's how I want to feel. This is what I've been meditating on. That fam- that feeling is very familiar and your mm. intuition, your soul, your higher self, whatever you want to call it, is able to recognize it more quickly. And I would say that's one thing that that um really assisted us. I'll speak for myself. It definitely added to uh my assurance my confidence that i was making the right decision because i had done those meditations where i was connecting to the heart of my person whoever he was not knowing that it was going to be chase my ex-husband but i was connecting to his heart and i was thinking about how i wanted to feel in relationship and how i wanted how i wanted um my partner to make me feel you know safe loved treasured admired, you know, um, and so all of those things I think are really important. So if anyone's out there and you, you haven't engaged in some sort of practice on, on, you know, focusing on the feeling, I think that's a really good place to pick up, uh, maybe not start, Mm -hmm. but pick up and jump there. And you, you might open yourself in a way, uh, that you, that was not available previously.
1: Mm -hmm. Could i share something on that mimi yeah like because i think that that you're you're absolutely right and you know in addition to that one thing that i've learned within myself and lauren knows this really well like in that time frame and it's been it's been conscious work the checklist is something that i think like you're saying does it hit these boxes I every single time I would even go on a a blind date, and I had some pretty like horror stories on that. Like, Lauren still gives me shit. Uh, Yeah, catfished. Learned what that word was. I had so, but all that to be said, like, even in, yeah, even younger, um, you know, the moment that a level of vulnerability would open up, I would make all these reasons about why that person didn't fit my the checklist that I came up with.
3: Including me at the beginning of our
1: relationship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and absolutely. And what I've realized is, you know, when I looked back, so there's a lot of layers here, but in that meditation with Joe Dispenza, like I, we both had written down and like, but it was all the feeling, the memories, the conversations, the things we're going to do. And she met and exceeded every single one of those. However, where there was a huge block for me is the recognition that that checklist was actually a way that I was hiding from actually allowing myself to be vulnerable and allowing myself to even be opened up with this. And that was a really big uh, awareness that we kind of use the analogy that uh, you know, uh, every... I not, not even relationship, but every time I would date a girl, they'd come through the front door and it was like barricaded up. Like, And we say like Lauren came in through the back door, like knocked <laughs> it down, found a key under the mat, yeah. <laughs> which was that opening of the medicine, which allowed because for so long, for eight years, immediately I would like have a conversation with, with, with a lady or whatever. There might be some interest, but then immediately I'd be like, nope, 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 nope. And that was my way of, of of basically lying to it. Maybe there was some truth in it, but lying to a part of myself, saying that yes, she, you know, I've got this. This if she's not aligned in these ways, then she's not going to be my partner. But actually, it was a way that I was hiding and trying mm-hmm. to like avoid the vulnerability and the softening. And so, like that that checklist. I think the the feeling component is so huge in the visioning, and then also recognizing is. What purpose is that checklist serving? Is it actually genuinely moving us to a greater place of alignment, or is it being an escape mechanism mm-hmm. that we some part of us is trying to keep us uh, safe?
0: Yeah, no, I totally feel that. And I think that there's so much validity to that, and people can take the time to self-reflect if they're using it as a sort of shield or a barrier. Yeah, but something mm-hmm. I just thought of is like, and I don't know how I feel about this. I'm just, you know, throwing shit out there. What if there was some component of your higher self or whatever communicating like, no, you're not ready. Like she's coming. Like what if it was because it wasn't Lauren and the, mm-hmm. the, the, the woman wasn't meant to open you up in that way because she wasn't your person. Whoa because Mm. lauren is your person so like Mm. i don't know if uh, obviously (laughs) i have no say over what is the reality but something it just made me think like because i've had Mm. situations like that chase has certainly had situations like that where we we think back and we're like damn yeah i was really closed off or i was really this and then i've also had thoughts where i'm like no but it wasn't the right time because it wasn't chase Mm. so it it, it wouldn't have mattered if i was open because (laughs) it wouldn't have led to chase what are your thoughts
1: i love that i feels super accurate the timing <laughs> component's huge that's why we've known each other for you know 10 years and yet why was it at that specific moment the right timing the right place uh that an opening was created and then COVID happened so it's like i absolutely really appreciate that reflection and i haven't thought of it from that way so that feels pretty spot on
3: yeah and like i think there's that saying you know life makes sense backwards or life makes sense in hindsight, you know? And it's like all of those, you know, little time place holders, we've pondered this. It's like wild how like every second changes the trajectory (laughs) of our life. Yeah, You know, every single moment is monumental and will can be a complete, you know, trail shift, right? So it's, I mean, I think there's magic in all of it. And what you said is is probably very likely and turn my belief system around like, there is a part of us, our higher self that that does know and is just watching us do this dance with all these different people at different times. And it's like, little do you know, <laughs> yeah. dee, 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 you know, that's the, those are the breadcrumbs to, you know, your soul's path. Um, I love that. Yeah. 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 It could be both.
0: Right. It could be a little <laughs> bit of both where, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe you were closed off, but
3: it, there was a function to it there's necessary exactly yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah,
1: there was there was no girl who was getting close Uh, (laughs) that's for damn sure (laughs)
3: yeah too like because we've been friends right so it's like he's the only i mean i think that there's plenty of people who have platonic um you know male female relationships but like the first time like we went out for dinner dinner and i'm like is this a date? Like he's <laughs> terrible at communicating. Like what it you know, it was just, he was a little rusty.
1: Clearly a great time. Yeah. But like, that's it. That's the the it. The night ends, that? you go on your end. And it's and so we, funny. We, we'll he's such um, a,
3: yeah.
0: There's
1: so, a right way to do it. It and took time.
3: But I think that was really great for, um, to disarm any agenda that, um, I mm. could have had too, or either of us could have had around like really just like the truth of, And I remember thinking like, okay, if that wasn't a date, then I, I, in my heart, want him in my life in any capacity. Like he's our soul, we're soulmates to whatever degree that is. Like we're friend soulmates, we're lover soulmates. Like there's so many, like once you recognize a person at that level, Hmm. it's like the agenda goes out the window, I think. And that's like a really green light to like. Okay, like whatever this looks like, I don't, I don't care. Like, yeah. I just want you in my life, right? I imagine you guys have some version of that with your story. Yeah, 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 yeah something we, similar.
2: We talk about often just leaving, <laughs> leaving space in the relationship, and and it's kind of like that surrender to yo. I know we're supposed to be in this, and I'm open to the experiences mm. that that are going to come through it, and the lessons that we get to learn through it. And of course, I would love to steer that in a particular direction, all while leaving space for the unpredictable uh both mm-hmm. experiential as well as just like learned knowledge through it and it may not look how I want it to look but you know like I'm really in this um mm-hmm. you know the level of intention that you both described as you as you went went out and and opened to the idea of relationship what does that look like now that you're together and you're <clears throat> cultivating a family dynamic and uh, a marriage um you know a term that our our mutual friend I believe, Jason Picard often talks about is the high dream of one's life or of a relationship, and and that there's there's a best version, a functioning version of a relationship <laughs> that one would deem the most productive, you know, the most abundant, and um how important it is to get clear on what that high dream of the relationship looks like. What does the high dream look like for you two in your relationship? When is it firing on all cylinders? And then, what are you leaning into as far as your family? dynamic? And and what would that look like when it's firing on all cylinders?
3: I, I, I haven't heard that term high dream, but I I love that. And I think, you know, like, even again, back to check's work, like having a dream and having like a vision um, is, is not only inspiring, but it's like it's like a roadmap, you know, it's like, okay, how like in the little that I do know, like, how can I get to that place like one step at a time? And I mean, again, back to like, we're, we're big dreamers, like, and I love, we love to just imagine what, what the possibilities are. And after having Luca, I think one for me, like just a little side story, I wasn't a woman who absolutely needed to have children. Like that was, mm. I mean, I think part of me always knew that I, I did want that at some level, but it wasn't the in order to be happy and fulfilled, like, yeah. this is my purpose, yeah. you know, I feel that very in my purpose now after having him, um, thousand percent, but, um, the high dream for our family now, like, I mean, I can't imagine it without, without having children. Like he yeah. was the man that opened that possibility that higher dream for me, because in prior partner partnerships, it was like, I, I didn't feel, I think subconsciously didn't feel safe enough to even go there in with my dreaming. But, um, after, you know, having years together and we have a pretty beautiful conception story in my opinion um (laughs) but like it was just family now like it feels like that is our purpose like we are here to we were we were brought together to co-create luca like Mm. he is he is our legacy Mm. you know and um and who knows what will come from that if, if we have more babies or or not but it's like just to have that creation like I don't remember who who shared this, it might have been Jordan Peterson, but it was something around having the decision to have children is really, really opens up an entire new arena of what is possible in life. And there's plenty of ways to be fulfilled and happy and, you know, in service without having children. I do believe that. But there's another like what, what we've experienced and what I've experienced is like, it's a whole nother level now. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like we're like starting at square one of like what's possible and yeah, there's just, to me, it's like, it's the family that, that really holds the, the vision.
1: Yeah. I really appreciate that you shared that. Cause it does feel like, obviously like we're not starting at square one, but truly like, mm-hmm. and this is just the real, the real talk of it is like, it really does. Like in last night, our conversations and where we were having a disagreement about me working and also, you know, her right now being a little bit undernourished when she's with Luca all day and not getting a break and, you know, stuff that we're like, we've never been in this position before. And so, yes, like we have a very clear vision of the future. Like I would say large, and now there's infinite number of nuances that happen in a day-to-day thing. So one of the things that we had this discussion last night, and this was in my head, I don't know if I worded it in a question that I asked you exactly like this, but I was like, Okay, with where we are right now in this vision of life, with these responsibilities and these roles that we're currently playing, what is going to be the vision of the future? And is there anybody out there that is modeling what we're like seeking to uh, to embody, where like, you know, she still has room for her professional passions and creativity to, to grow and expand, which is huge for her. Uh, and she loves being a mom. And I'm a very present father. Um, and also I'm very driven and and feel very fulfilled by the work that I'm doing. So, you know, who else is having a very conscious relationship where both people have found some way to manage and balance professional pursuits while also being very at home with the with the child? And also, like, I mean, we have Lauren's mom watching Luca right now in the other room, but up to this point, we really haven't accepted or, or uh, brought in any help. Like occasionally her mom would watch, but really it's been all Lauren and then also my my support as well. So it's not like we've had Luca in daycare. And this is a whole new arena for us. Like, and I'm very grateful for the tools and the experiences, like all that stuff and how to manage self and how to how to breathe and how to open conversations. Like that has supported us so well. And the terrain is super different right now. So I, you know, we're still you know, we have an overarching vision and now it's like, how is this going to look in real time? And so these drives at night have been such a, a powerful space because there's no distraction. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's nothing. It's just the phones aren't on unless we're playing uh, uh, Krishna Das, you know, a <laughs> yeah. like, uh, little man to sleep. But it's a solid hour of just full presence no distraction mm. and just going around our little town and just you know it's beautiful at night and there's some some places of water and stuff like that so there's some cool visuals but it's uh the car can be an incredible place to have some of these discussions but oftentimes when you take road trips what do we do like we just put on an audiobook or turn on music or just mm-hmm. like you know, not, not use that as an opportunity, but we're really engaging in that. And so we're still very much in that process and we're learning real time and we are challenged. And also this is something that we both consciously signed up for. Mm -hmm. Like I've had the recognition last night and multiple times, like even though I'm very challenged, I signed up to be the best man and leader I can be for myself, for my family, and then for the people I serve. And sometimes you know, it doesn't either feel fair or whatever, but it's the fucking work. It's yeah. like, yeah. that's what I'm here for. And so, you know, it doesn't make it any easier, but I know that that conversation is, is something that, you know, at a surface level, maybe I don't want to have, but at a deep level, I'm like, no, like we're having this right now. Like we're going to open this and, um, and share what's real inside. So yeah, it's a, I really appreciate you guys asked that question
3: and also too, just to kind of encapsulate that like there's seasons of life and i think mm. like you know if you have a high level dream there's going to be a lot of seasons in between that like achievement or whatever you feel like you're like i'm here, we've arrived you know and i mean it, there's lots of different seasons um right now it's the thick of having a baby you know like and that may not feel like the vibration of you know, more professional dreams or whatever it is. But, um, I think what you said too, is like, we did sign up for this and we don't, we don't know when we set an intention for this high level dream, like we don't really know what that's going to even turn into. Right. But the day-to-day presence I think is, is monumental. Like Mm. that makes all the difference. Like if we are present for whatever comes and whatever goes, like that makes me for a much more peaceful life as opposed to like, I'm waiting to get there. Like your whole life will go away. Yeah. Even I see parents say that all the time. It's like, I can't wait till he talks or I can't wait till this yeah. or I can't wait till we can travel together. Yeah. I can't wait till, you know, and I've certainly had all those thoughts and I like try to check myself. I'm like, I'm right here. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like watching my baby breathe. Like yeah. <laughs> what more beautiful? Like, right there's nothing else, right. you know? So, um, and also so, yeah. you're
0: going to look back on these moments and be like, Oh my God, he, when he was so tiny and he was so squishy <laughs> yes. and he couldn't talk, you know, yes. like yeah, yeah. when you get to the <laughs> terrible twos and they're screaming and throwing fits, you're like, Oh, remember when he was so tiny and couldn't talk.
3: <laughs> right. It goes both ways. Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah there's beauty in it all. No, oh, I love that. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that you guys. And it's really it's just, it's really refreshing to hear from you guys. And I, I had a feeling, I had a strong sense that this is what the conversation would feel like just because um, observing you guys and knowing a little bit about you, um, you are you're in it. And you're like you said, Mike, like learning real time. And, you know, as we approach in the next year or so, like thinking about having a child and all of that, you know, I'm I'm currently like reading the books and listening to the podcasts and I have my doula and my midwife and my birthing center oh, all lined up and everything for, you know, they're just on tap whenever we're, sure. whenever it happens, because it could happen Amazing. at any point um, <laughs> before the planning stage. But, you know, we're, we're having more conversations about it and trying to make nothing off limits so that when we get into the hard stuff of like what, where you guys are, where it's like, we're in the thick of it. We're figuring this out. It's new terrain. It's not a foreign feeling to want to dive into the harder conversations or after a long day, it's like, this isn't gonna go away. Like we're both gonna sleep better if we have this conversation. And and I, I appreciate that you guys are willing to to share that and share your insight and wisdom. And because we're we're on the you know, the front end of that in sort of like the preparation phase of hopefully stepping into that adventure, exactly how you guys are. Well,
2: and I I I probably speak for a lot of people, and maybe it's just my personality, but I'm burned out by the five steps to parenting and, you know, like <laughs> take the, take the course to parenting. And I'd rather just be like, how about we talk to some people that we know are really balanced yeah. and really conscious and just get a glimpse as to how it's going and like what's mm. going on. Yeah, Because I'd prefer to learn in a realm of reality versus a sales funnel. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. So like and another thing that, that I'm really curious about is, and something I've been reflecting on often is there were these ideas of marriage and parenting that growing up in our our world, which was a Christian community, evangelical, <clears> conservative, <throat> relatively traditional, um, and we obviously followed the path of what marriage looked like in that domain, and it did not work for us. Mm-hmm. And so I've and we've been in a, a series of years reestablishing how we would define marriage. Um, or even just, you know, partnership as we have it now. What has that looked like for you guys, both in the relationship realm? What was was your thoughts on marriage, you know, growing up? How did that look? How was it modeled? Mm -hmm. How does that look now that you've engaged in that? And then additionally, parenting and stepping into that new role. How is that different and or the same from what it looked like for you growing up?
3: yeah we we had very different upbringings i mean we both have you know families that we love and you know have different but i would say like culturally different in the sense of he grew up in a catholic religious home and school i don't want to speak for you let you speak for you and i had that was like a big void in my life um it was kind of more of the the narrative of like you know against and or um organized religion. And, you know, I've really felt like, I mean, I've always been spiritual. I've had like a, a touchstone to, you know, nature being my, my source and my spirit and really feeling connected in that way. But honestly that structure that I witnessed, like I i wanted to go to church and I didn't want to go to church to like be told what to believe, you know, I'm sure there's lots of wounds that can happen in that container. But I remember asking Mike, I was like, cause uh, I, I was like you're a pretty bad example of how catholic school goes wrong you know like yeah. you're making it look pretty good like in terms of like who he is is like yeah. how he lives his life yeah. you know um and i asked him um maybe a year ago or something i was like how did that upbringing serve you you know like what was like the silver lining to you know all of the the catholic upbringing because that was something that i was really thirsty and, and starving for of like that community that yeah. like the structure the family unit like you know playing board games at night like that and you know that could all be a complete fucking illusion you know but that's how as a little girl I experienced a traditional family unit to be and I longed for that Mm. so um so yeah we're, we're not religious by any means but we do have a deep spiritual practice and um and I was sharing with a dear friend who's navigating potential divorce or, you know, a challenging time in her relationship. And and what I kept coming back to his advice or whatever. I was like, I see now and I'm realizing more every day how the cornerstone of a, of a union, of a family, of a marriage is that like that spirit molecule, that like mm-hmm. that something bigger, something yeah. higher, something that unifying force of spirit, because the mind can't take that burden it'll destroy you both yeah 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 the heart is in not too vulnerable it's exactly what it's supposed to be but it's it can't absorb all that either but like what is the thing that gives you strength and gives you you know unifying principles and something to turn to and lean on um that for me has been spirit you know so i can see how with the right application, you know, religion or whatever your faith is, like, is so necessary to to get you through those those hard times. And I don't think it has to be, you know, defined or on paper or anything. For me, um, actually, part of our like when we conceived, um, it was so he proposed on our second year anniversary, um, and but two a couple weeks before that, we ended up getting pregnant. But I didn't know what we, we didn't know. I was pregnant when he proposed. Oh wow! And I, and, I, and it was a intentional. Like, are we going to try doing this thing? You know, with unprotected sex and all that. And in that moment, I really, I had a very conscious surrendering because mm. there was a story in my mind. Like, I want in order to feel safe to carry a child and to have a baby part of me wanted to be married first. Mm. I don't know where that came from, but I was like, literally in the moment we're making love. And I was like, (laughs) throw that shit away. Like it will have like, whatever is meant to be, will be trust Lauren, like surrender, Mm. let go. Two weeks later, he proposed to me. I had no idea that was coming. And then two weeks after that, I found out I was pregnant. So it was like source knew. Right. And like part of me knew, um, but it really took like Who knows if that would have happened had i not been like Mm. just let it be you know like trust and and whatever it is like if i'm pregnant before if i'm pregnant after like fortunately i got my because i would i think the reason i wanted to be married is because i wanted to be chosen first as opposed to like Mm. there might have been a story in the back of my mind like is he only proposing because i'm i'm carrying his child Mm. you know and yeah
0: that's a valid thought it's a valid question i mean not, not saying anything about you, Mike, but just women in general bringing right. that, you know, it's, it's, it's self-protection, self-preservation, child
3: protection, you know? Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. And and one of my like core wounds is like that I'm a burden or that, you know, like, so all of these, like I, anything done out of obligation to me is just like, it's scary. It doesn't yeah. feel good. All of that. So it ended up being kind of the perfect narrative, you know, for, for. The beginning of something amazing but it was really interesting like to me that was that was like a a universal test like in that moment it was like are you are you really ready for this because this is what it's going to take and it's going to require you fully surrendering into what will be so Mm, yeah
0: that's beautiful thank you so much for sharing that hey homies if you're anything like chase and i you really enjoy exercise and building a healthy strong body Obviously, what we do inside the gym is important, but what we do outside of the gym is just as critical to our success, like the supplements you're using to support your results. One of our favorite conscious body brands is called Kion. We've both been using Keon for a few years now for muscle building, strength, and recovery. Keon is well known for being super clean, super tasty, and super effective. Our supplement trifecta. Chase and I both use the aminos, the whey protein, and the creatine on a regular basis. Yes, creatine is for women too, and Keon's is top of the top shelf. To learn more about Keon, head to our medicine cabinet at themedicine.com and use the code MEDICINE, M-E-D-I-C-I-N, for a nice discount on any and all Keon products. Enjoy
1: so maybe i'll backtrack so our families uh both are amazing very different my family both mom and dad are from sicily my family's like if you guys seen the movie my big fat greek wedding
3: yeah
1: it's <laughs> is exactly my family but italian like <laughs> like amazing just so loud and dramatic animated and and animated and like i still always have this vision of my aunt lucy thick accents she like uh <laughs> she's the best i remember one uh, i roasted a whole or half of a lamb for like christmas or something she like, just like no one use plates, just reaching, grabs a hunk of meat, just gets a little gravy. And she's just like, as she's flinging the sauce, she's like, Mikey, it's a so good. And I'm like, oh God, what the fuck? Like, that's my family.
3: And, oh my uh, God. but
1: that traditional component, like, I'm yeah. named after my grandfather, and he, um, we lived with him for many years when we were, when we first moved to California when I was young. And he really took care of uh, me and my brother a lot. And so, I mean, there's infinite, like, it's so cool that that Lauren's getting to experience a lot of these traditions around making limoncello. And like, I mean, I was like salting olives, like buckets and buckets and roasting peppers and making marmalades. Like, and my whole grandfather's garage, an entire wall, a whole wall of cabins is full of tomato. Oh, sorry, you're I'm doing there, it right doing now. It again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tomato sauces. And so I think really growing up, you know, um, I had a really strong, like Sicilian cultural connection of a lot of old school traditions. There was always people over at the house. Everyone was always helping out each other. Um, so I really grew up with that. And now looking back, even though I've definitely, uh, had a lot of challenges and struggles around the religion component, the one thing that I will say, cause when she had asked me that question, how has it served me? I was like, dumb, like I never, there was so much pain around that for me personally that like, it was actually a really beautiful invitation. Cause the last, you know, even before the last five, 10 years before that, I was like, it was all like the pain and trying to like heal that. And then I was like, well, okay, there are ways that it has served me. It has supported me. It was a place where, you know, we didn't go to church all the time, but it was another tradition or when we'd go to Italy and stuff like that, we'd go to specific towns of specific saints and like, So I like appreciate that and it's so intertwined in Italian culture. You know, so that was kind of the model that I grew up with. And, but in terms of the, one of the biggest things I really appreciate that you said that component of spirit and to add to that, I think for me, what I'm learning is that what marriage represents to me and you guys kind of shared it maybe in in a different lens as well, but it's this commitment and big word meaning commitment. It's a spiritual commitment to continually falling in love with the person every single day. And it's like, you guys are lifelong learners, we're lifelong learners, like we're on this path. And so, I mean, whether it's the courses that we're taking or whatever it is that we're going through, like every single, I mean, we're all new people every day. However, especially in light of having a son and witnessing him and all this dynamic, like really every single day is completely new. And so I think part of it for me is the commitment to have the the courage and the curiosity and the commitment to recognize like that who she was yesterday is not who she's going to be today potentially and so can i also create an openness to allow that version of herself and the shedding of identity because if you were to look at her uh you know 2 years ago you know still like Lauren obviously like the core but so different and even who I, you know am today. And you know, for you, Chase, just to just to share this. like, I know we we've shared like some more of the challenges that we're experiencing, but um, man, brother, like, the challenges are intense and they can be and it's but it's acute. And like what's on the other side? Like when people were telling me their stories, most people only told me like, "You're not going to get sleep," this sort of shit, and I was like, "Well, what's the fucking good stuff about?" Yeah, Yeah. like like, okay, like I I, (laughs) like I understand like there's going to be challenges, understood, heard, and like, what do you love about it? And man, guys, like it is exponential, exponential. The challenges versus what it's given to me and us in relationship. I was telling you, Mimi, like. Yeah. Like my work feels amazing right now. Like I feel really on purpose. I'm like, I'm loving it. And family is hands down, no shadow of a doubt, the best thing in my life without Mm. a doubt. So, um, there's these acute challenges and it is a call up to leadership and there's all that, but fuck it is like, Mm. it's been, and I'll share one more thing and then I'll, I'll, I'll (laughs) pause. Um, (laughs) I could never have imagined, like I thought being a parent was going to be me teaching him and like I'm going to be his guide, I'm going to be the gardener, I'm going to be this for him. I cannot believe and I'm continually humbled at how healing it's been for me to hold him and hold and feel the innocence and the purity Mm. and also partially like, you know, selfishly too, like to use him as a vehicle to help me heal you know at eight months old what did i really need that maybe i was didn't know how to ask or didn't receive so holding him like i do a lot of 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 kind of like felt visualization or whatever of connecting with him sending him love and then being with that I this guy can eye gaze for a long time. Uh (laughs) Well, connected is like it's pretty impressive, doesn't break. And then being with that, and then also imagining like I'm holding my younger child, my little Mikey, and then being with that, and -hmm. then even going a step deeper, and then imagining my father Mm -hmm. when he was eight months old and holding him. And it's like this generational component. So that's been one of the biggest surprises is how healing it's been for me. And, um, I was not nearly, I had, was not nearly expecting that. Wow. Mm.
0: I'm like getting emotional listening to you because I've, I've heard a lot of dads talk about how it's awesome being a father. I have, I have many siblings and many nieces and nephews and a big Mm. extended family. And, I've not heard anyone talk about that father-son or father-child experience that way, where just being with your son, holding your son, is actually actively like healing you on an energetic level. And it now in this moment, and then past for for little Mike, like man, that is yeah. really beautiful. so so beautiful yeah. and such a gift. I'm sure to Lauren, your partner, like hearing you say that, like, how do you feel Lauren, when you hear him talk about your family and your son that way? Like, I imagine just like feeling like an explosion
3: in your heart. Like my heart can't hold all the love. (laughs) It, It exactly. And I mean, it's, I mean, gratitude and I feel so blessed. And I also feel like I chose well, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like the spirit chose well mm-hmm. for me. And I'm so, I, I've I've shared our, you know, a little thing I've said is like, this feels like the bonus round life for me. Like mm-hmm. I've like, I fucking love my life. I love our life. I love what we create, um, co-create. And it's like, to me, it's just beautiful to see, cause that's a gift to mike too like like what a gift to be able to experience that um and then i think going back to just like the presence it's like like that's here for all of us like we all have mm-hmm. that opportunity with our children with our friend with whomever to be so unbelievably present and overwhelmed with the gift of all of these lives you know but i mean when it's your child it's just it's undeniable, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then again, too, to just have that like practice of presence to witness it, because there could be many fathers that have some version of that, but is their partner present enough to witness it? Are they present enough with themselves to drop into it? You mm-hmm. know, is the child, you know, in, a, in an environment to experience that? Like, and, and I think what we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation, um, the chaos that is life, you know it, it is an intentional day-to-day choice to diffuse that chaos especially in your home like that's created i mean i think that those again those opportunities those spaces um the peace that we create and cultivate in our home lead to those opportunities mm-hmm. to really just have these profoundly beautiful gifts of presence like i mean it's amazing and and he deserves so much credit for, you know, how he's lived with such intention for so long. It's like, I don't think that, I think it would be unwise to like, assume that that just like happens because yeah. our son is so amazing or because yeah. he's so amazing. It's like, no, it, it, it's it been a lifelong practice of how to be able to show up that way for, for himself, for me, for our son and the same for me. Like we've learned these things, In day-to-day practice it's all the little things combined you know not these big like you have a baby and you're just like i mean for sure oxytocin like you're blown out of the water (laughs) your just heart is just exploded and like how do you keep that Mm -hmm. you practice it you create rituals in your life you have the conversations you you witness each other you know to like And have him see me like breastfeed and these like it's just it's magic right but i think really like slowing down and being present without presence none of that is possible yeah um and i think so often in our society we're going so fast like even all the way up to like when our conversation around dating or like you know finding your person it's like slow the fuck down yeah you know because Mm -hmm. those things those like soul conversations and heart connections don't happen at the speed of a swipe you know like that's all your ego BS, right so i really think those those profoundly treasured moments are found in the pauses and um and it takes a lot of practice to to pause, I think for most of us humans. Uh,
2: Absolutely. We we think that through sheer force and will, we're going to be able to get the most these profound experiences (laughs) in life. And it's actually when we surrender. And sometimes we're forced to surrender because we're so burnt out from from the gas pedal being all the way down. And and uh, if we actually take a practice to surrender and pause more, I think we'll be more we'll have more availability for having our minds blown and and pivoted into a brand new direction. I'm curious for you, both of you guys, how the definition and the role of father and mother uh, look, how you would define them. You know, if you asked me 10 years ago, what does it mean to be a father? What's the role? I'd be like, okay, protect, provide, (laughs) love, and teach. And all those are super valid, but they're pretty 3D world um, components. I think if I had to answer the question now, not having a child, I would probably layer in a spiritual aspect to it as well, but I would imagine mm-hmm. it's, it's, I won't know it fully. I won't have that answer fully until I'm in that seat. So mm-hmm. I'm curious as to how both of you now in that those roles of mother and father would define or describe what it means to be the the
1: parent. So there's a few things that come up. Um, well, one, I think if father represents, if, if like mother represents Luca's relationship to himself and his body and that there's that component, if father represents his relationship with the world, one of the things is collectively as parents, but also I really feel my role is to, the overarching thing is to teach him to, to navigate the world and be fully himself. hmm to feel safe enough and comfortable enough and grounded enough that he can navigate the challenges of the modern world but still stay who Luca is at a core. So I feel like fostering that and as best of my ability representing that and and uh, and guiding that process I think is going to be a big key. And then the other thing that comes up is uh, one of my favorite books that was so powerful it's um it's called the soul of dis- yeah it's not soulful different the soul of discipline and i think that discipline component is really important but what it was sharing which i really feel resonant with is the role of both of us but especially my role in embodying that component for him is going to change in different phases of life and so there's three distinct phases so in the early on phases let, let's just i don't remember the years but let's say 0 one to 7 we primarily serve the role as the governor because he need he doesn't really understand what's hot, what's cold, what not to cross the street. Like that's where we're really establishing those healthy boundaries. And I really think this is also where a lot of parents get into trouble. It's like we've had actually multiple conversations on this. It's like when you're a little kid, like you actually want that. You want the boundaries because if you don't have boundaries, shit gets all like crazy. And then and then you see kids who are completely you know, verbally abusive to their parents and yeah. all that sort. So, mm-hmm. in these early years, it's providing a safe space and the boundaries in the container and being that governor. And then it transitions towards like maybe in the adolescent years to being the gardener. And then mm. as we're uh, as we're being the gardener, we're like, you know, letting them come into their own, but we're also. Um, you know, watering the seeds and letting it grow a little oh, bit uh, and kind of like nudging him along or her along. And there's a whole thing around that. And that's a certain amount of years as the primary role. And we, we we fit all these roles at different times, or they they kind of interplay. But then as they grow up, and as they get older, then we serve the role as the guide. And then we're essentially being like, the trusted advisor and and we don't have to play that role if we hopefully spend enough time in the governor. Like they should know their own boundaries. And so there's like kind of these three distinct phases. And that was really helpful for me because I'm like, what do I do? Do I like, do I build be the is the best thing is to be the super nice guy or whatever, the the nice dad and give him this and give and I'm like, no, like based off like my role is to again prepare him for the world. And a part of that, especially early on, is giving him those boundaries and that structure, and then nurturing those three these those three phases. Yeah. Oh mm,
2: man, I that's
0: love that. So good. Oh, that's I, good. <laughs> I wrote that. Uh, you said it was soul of dis the soul of yeah,
1: discipline. Soul, soul of discipline somewhere right. Yeah. Oh, the soul yeah. of wow. discipline. Yeah. yeah I'll send that it to sounds you like yeah. A, yeah. really. Is good. that a I book? don't think it's soulful discipline. I think it's the soul of discipline. Soul
0: yeah. of discipline. Yeah. Um, is that a book that you recommend for um, anyone, men and women, or is it targeted towards men?
1: Hundred percent, both parents. Okay. Like we actually are trying to have it be prerequisite, not prerequisite. It is prerequisite
3: here, for my dad. For my dad
1: before he gets. <laughs> it's
3: like before, because I yeah, mean, no, no. I mean well, that's a yeah. whole side story, yeah. but it's just I He's think great. Um, our our um, natural urge as parents or you know, as grandparents or whatever is to keep our babies safe, first and foremost, you know, you want to keep them alive and well. And I think we all have different approaches at that. And really we're trying to keep ourselves safe in that, you know, we're responsible for this other creature, um, human. So uh, <laughs> I'm just like, my dad is very much like, kind of like out of the womb expects kids to be adults, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have like all of their etiquette down. And like, so I'm just like, dad, like, you need to learn. Like, I know your approach is from a good place, but like, he's a baby, you know? So just kind of backstepping a little bit. I love what you said. I think that, that, and I think what I hear from that too is really like the father um, structure and container and that like safety and that providing and protecting thing that you gave voice to Chase, like those all come up for me in terms of role of father for sure and mother. Um, And I think it's unique being mother because, you know, up until i mean even now i feel like my son is an extension of me like Mm. his physical substance his spiritual substance like he is me and even more so when you're pregnant and carrying a life you're one in the same i've never been a mother until now and to me it feels like a continual life force drip into this other human you know like literally whatever i do for myself is going to overflow into him whatever i do not do for myself is not able to flow to him right mm-hmm. so i think really like what our work is as moms and it's a lifelong journey like it's it's self management it's self nurturing it's self nurturance and and nourishment and um and really just remembering that like for a long time you're one in the same you know and so Um, it's so important it's vitally important to be taking care of our mental emotional physical and spiritual needs because um, they imprint all of it all of the stuff that I'm feel incapable of like he takes that void and you know fills in the gaps right with Mm -hmm. his stories with his lack or whatever it is like they're always watching and they're always absorbing especially as like probably the most permeable substance there is, is like this little perfectly pure, innocent baby, you know? So, I mean, I think you can kind of go down a a rabbit hole of, you know, there can be like fear there too. It's like, cause everything I do, like he's absorbing like good or bad, you know? Um, And I think that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as moms um, to like do it perfectly. And there's no such thing. Right. And like, I think that there's no way to save our child from the pain mm. the challenges the suffering and that's like our urge right like at a primal level like we just want to keep them safe and to you know have yeah. them thrive and the karmic joke is you know that in order to thrive you have to go through challenges you have yeah. to struggle yeah. you have to fall you have to like the we're, <laughs> this little the first time i, like, I heard him cry cry like was something that I did it was, he got so scared. I turned like, I didn't know my phone was on full volume. And of course it opened Instagram to some like obnoxious reel. And it was like, right at, like when I was nursing him and he just looked at me and lost it. Aww. And I was like, I'm a terrible mother, oh my you know, like, it hurts just that cry, you know? So just yeah. long story short, like we're trying to avoid that. And I think like a mother's mm-hmm. role is to, you know, it sounds cliche, but to like nourish herself so that she can, nourish and nurture her child because there's no there's no separation Mm
0: -hmm. you know and
3: like I think that the role of the father is absolutely imperative and it's different and it's necessary and like the mother is like that first line of defense you know and like that is the the cornerstone of the family unit when you have children so it's so easy to and this is my work too Is like to not meet everyone else's needs before my own Um, and that's been a long going story of mine you know of um, how I've learned to navigate life um, to be in service and it's the most obvious opportunity to be in service when you have a kid so just getting all those things in check I don't know if I answered your question oh beautifully
0: um, it's it's perfect we're just letting you flow we love it Um, (laughs) I love that you touched on the sense of self um, being so literally, you know, this baby is of your body. Um, It's also of Mike's body, of course, but one of you has to carry it, obviously, carry him. And so it's like, I think that that's, I certainly hear this from from not only our audience and followers, but also friends and family members who are navigating, uh, mothers specifically, navigating like, I know what so many mothers uh, around me you know, have have struggled with losing your sense of self and forgetting who you were before you were a mother. You know, what was I into? What was I passionate about? How did I create? What did I create? And you can sort of, I, I imagine, obviously, I'm, I'm speculating um, based off of what people tell me, but you get so wrapped up in this being that is of your body. It feels like you, it feels like you're still pouring into something that is also yourself. But then, You know, when they get to be a certain age, it's like you've almost forgotten a little bit of 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 who you were before Mm -hmm. you had kids. And and I can see the tension there because you want to pour yourself into your child, but then you also Mm -hmm. need need to also provide the masculine structure for yourself. Obviously, your partner can provide that to some degree, but we also have to provide that for ourselves and contain Mm -hmm. that so it's not the smothering mother or the the mm-hmm. mother that loses her identity completely and then she's mm-hmm. not being fulfilled or feeling fulfilled in life. And so mm-hmm. I love that you touch on that. It's something that I think about a lot kind mm-hmm. of prophylactically, like what can I do now? How can I lean into myself so that I am as prepared as I can be, I suppose, um, and feel like I have some tools in my toolbox and also... Mentors and and people that I look mm-hmm. up to and admire who have navigated this in a in a conscious way. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing that I I wanted to to bring up is I thought of something um, that a friend told us recently. Chase and I were having dinner with one of our really good friends, and I asked her what's what's the best and worst part of being? Or no, I said what's the best and the hardest part, not worst part, the hardest part about being a, a parent. She had a really interesting answer, and I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on this. She said, well, this is kind of lame, I guess, but they're the same. It's that you mm-hmm. love this being <laughs> so much, which is mm. wonderful. It feels wonderful, but you love them so much, the thought of them being hurt or challenged in some way or manipulated or you know, even just physically falling down and skinning their knee, it's like... Oh, my baby, you know, it's like you love them so much that that's actually the hardest part is that it physically hurts you to see them in pain or challenged in some way. And uh, I thought that was a really interesting answer, and I can I can totally feel that from afar. But curious, your guys's thoughts what's the what's the best and most challenging part in in your opinion?
1: That's such a good question.
0: Hey, friend. How many of us at some point in our journey have thought we had to give up coffee in order to be healthier? I definitely have. But I learned that it wasn't the coffee that was making me feel crappy. It was the 92% of coffee beans that are covered in pesticides, glyphosate, and microscopic mold. I'm glad that didn't last long before I found my holy grail of healthy coffee, King Coffee. This is a combination of organic, mold-free, pesticide-free coffee and reishi mushroom spores, which supports every system in my body. Circulatory, endocrine, cardiovascular, immune, nervous system, and more. It's even anti-parasitic. Switching to King Coffee has honestly been one of the best decisions I've ever made for my overall health. To learn more about King and level up your coffee experience, go to TheMedicine, M-E-D-I-C-I-N.com forward slash coffee, TheMedicine.com forward slash coffee. All right, enjoy, cheers and love.
3: I would say the hardest part is really just surrendering into the unknown, Mm -hmm. you know, like we don't know. And I think that that's kind of like a big statement to say, like with, like literally we don't know that tomorrow is guaranteed in our own life with or without a child, right? But literally that extension of yourself out in the world, vulnerable to anything and everything and just the uncertainty of like, we don't know. Like that's the hardest part for me because I know that at a spiritual level, like I can't protect him from all those things, right? And it's inevitable, like some something will happen, right? Like the challenges are to come. Um, And maybe like in the same note, like the best part is is knowing that we're here for it. Like I'm so here for navigating Mm -hmm. this life with this family of mine, you know? And I feel equipped and empowered to the best of my ability to just make it a hell of a ride, like for as long as it's gonna be. Um, And really just like the tenderness and like, unconditional love that you see in a co-creation like that is a life that is it's just i mean it's magic and that magic is is the best part because it's like it's so divine it's crazy um Mm -hmm. yeah that's what i would say i love that
1: i was never really like a a a kid guy before like never really like i i imagine i want maybe some kid but it never really Something that I really spent a lot of time thinking about, and if you put me in a room of kids, like I could maybe hold their attention for five minutes, and then I would lose interest or something like that. So you, like, know you. I was, yeah, you know, like I was just like never a kid guy. Yeah, I was just like I'm working. Or, you know, that's whatever. That's my path, and it just never really put much thought or.
0: Do you feel you know, seen, babe?
1: I feel
2: seen. <laughs> I, I always say because you know my brother's got three he's had three girls in the last year he's twins wow. and, and just completely wild my sister's got kids and i love kids they're freaking awesome they make me crack me up um but I, <laughs> but i always say like uh it's the last thing i'd choose on
0: netflix it's not <laughs> yeah. that
2: it's bad it's just probably the last option I, I was i have a bunch of other things in my queue <laughs> yeah, and I uh love it. and it's, it's no shade <laughs> it's, it's no shade on kids it's just that like quite literally it It's not what I think of. I've got 10 other things that default go into my head before kids. Yeah, And I
0: I totally identify with Lauren and we're totally hijacking my answer here. But (laughs) I I wanted to say this before, like, I totally resonate with you where it's like, I love kids. I've been around kids. I can, you know, babysit or whatever. But like, I haven't had that burning passion desire my entire life. Some women are six years old and 15 years old and 20 years old, and they always know, like, I am meant to be a mother. It's like, yeah, I probably will be, but like, uh, you know, <laughs> sure. maybe, I don't know. And so you don't have that like burning passion. Um, but certainly in the last year, I've, I've felt that dial turn up in me organically. And it's kind of like, mm. like, whoa, <laughs> what's mm. this? I have not <laughs> felt this before. Like, why wow. am I fantasizing about Chase being like holding yes. a child? Or like when I see him <laughs> yeah. interacting with our nieces, I'm like, oh, Like, Mm -hmm. just like melting. Why? Why? This is not a thing before. So anyway, sorry, Mike, back to you. you.
1: (laughs) And and, well, one thing that that brings up is I've shared this with Lauren and other people. I really, for me personally, I've realized that the most important decision, well, two of the most important decisions, the first was to choose the type of purpose-driven work that I'm doing now. I think that was absolutely critical because without that, the sense of fulfillment and joy and like really understanding why I'm here. Like there'd be a massive void inside me. So I think that was number one. Uh, and then number two is choosing who I want to do life with. It wasn't even just to want to have kids because like, if that choice, which is the for me, the continual commitment to, you know, the the pursuit of growing together and refalling in love and truly doing life together. Like, that's why I was like, when I asked her to marry me, it was what came was, it was, uh, it was after one of the retreats that that we do together Lauren does all the food and and a bunch of stuff, but it was just this full body. Yes. Full body. Yes. And as soon as I knew that that's when I, when I had asked and I really feel like whether kids would have come in or not, like, wasn't, wasn't really the important thing. The important thing was choosing who I wanted to do life with and then surrendering to whatever this thing's going to turn out to be. Um, and so for me, and one funny, quick side note story, like, uh, <laughs> my brother's got, got two kids. And so the youngest one is about, I think like right now, like three and a half. And she's an absolute doll. The, oldest one. the old, I'm sorry, the oldest one. Yeah. And, uh, I was over there and literally for an hour and he's like, you want to go play with Amelia? I was like, yeah, sure. I can play. So we go in, uh, in, he's got a garage gym and literally for an hour and a half, for an hour and a half, I sat down and took food orders and the same thing. She would ask me, what would you like to eat? And I was like, okay, I would like hamburger, one hamburger, two ice creams and three hot dogs. Okay. And then she'd get up and pretend like she's riding on a wall and then she would come back. What <laughs> would you like question. to eat? Same question. We did this for an hour and a half and I got all the way up to 20, like 13 uh, popsicles, 14 and literally <laughs> oh my for like 90 minutes. And um. I was like, Amelia, can. Can I can can CEO Mike go to the bathroom? I really, and I was looking for a way out. She's like, nope. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, if this is what kids are like, yeah, know. dude. But the, the, uh, <laughs> uh, However, now having Luca, the I think the, I mean, there's so many sweet parts, but doing it together and doing it together as a team while having this just innocent pure pure like his name is luca which means light in italian Mm. so like this literally like literal and metaphorical light and to witness that and to feel that and to see it's changed everything my perspective around my work our relationship our relationship was great before and now it's like levels deeper so i don't really have one solid answer but just his light and how it's like illuminated a brighter light inside of us is probably like the sweetest thing and to be a steward of that and to be like blessed with that gift and then i think the most challenging thing for me is and maybe it's cuz like of last night's thing that we brought up you know earlier um it is a big call to responsibility like to do it to do it consciously yeah. like it, yeah. there's no like so, and I've shared this with people like, and, and I'm sure the lessons will continue to like each phase, like there'll be a new big lesson. But the last big lesson was fatherhood has felt like on one end, this massive call to responsibility and maturity. But then on the other end, it's also this huge invitation to play. Mm. And this like, and for me, especially like in light of specifically like the Enneagram, the path of growth for me is the path of the seven, the light characteristics, which is the playfulness, the adventure. And so Lauren has been incredibly healing for me because she loves to play. And for me, play, not that I like when I was a kid, but now I would play, but now the story's always been play takes me away from getting shit done. Yeah, yeah. And so there's, like I don't got time to play or like yeah. how I envision playing is by studying.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Lauren plays. yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So Lauren just through her like feminine in who she is, she loves to play. And I never understood what sarcasm was. I'm learning. Still
3: doesn't. Still, honestly, uh, like, 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 very literal. Man
1: yeah. Over here. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, but she's invited so much in that. And then now, Luca, it's mm. with them too, it's on a whole nother level. Like, I dance all the time. Mm. I sing all the time. And this is one thing. I don't know why I keep feeling called to share this with you, Chase, but um, just seeing a brother in front of me and like, at least what was described to me about fatherhood, and it was just the people I was talking to. And I'm thinking about one in particular. The advice or the words that I was getting outside of like people like Dr. Nathan and stuff like that, like he had some serious wisdom to share. But it was like, <laughs> for the first two years, Mike, it's going to be about mom. Like, just like give it up. Like, mm. it's going to be about mom. Mm. And I was just like, I i told Lauren, I was like, fuck that.
3: Yeah. Fuck
1: that. That's really like,
3: disheartening.
1: I'm not doing that shit. Yeah. And so there was like, yeah,
3: you don't have boobs. You don't, you don't have a place. Yeah, right. right. It's like, I was like, uh uh,
1: uh-uh. I didn't yeah. sign up for that. Like, I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so it was in the beginning, especially, it was this search for like, how can I, outside of helping her in whatever means I can, you know, um, providing financially or just getting food whatever it is just like being helpful it's like how can i have a role in this in this boy's life and be a part of it and that's led me to like when we're talking about like play and things like that so i before it was so funny like i i started studying mongolian throat singing randomly enough i've always wanted to learn yeah it's like wild but i was always doing it and she would like like there was never really outside of a curiosity for me. I was like, I don't really know what purpose this is going to serve. However, however, it is remarkable. Because I did it when he was young, r- the day old, you know, wow. do that. And he still to this day, he could be losing it. I hold him and boom, drop right into wow. throat singing. And it's just boom. And so that's Damn. been what that the play, cool. like yeah. dancing around like a monkey and then i've realized like she's got her touch everything that she is the breastfeeding and i actually have a tool mm. to help him regulate he he's regulating with my nervous system in that way and it's such a root chakra mm-hmm. tone that it's it still blows us away he could be losing it like no other and then boom he comes back and then I hand him to Lauren, and then boom, he falls right asleep. Wow! So that's been really cool, like really, really rad. That's what awesome.
3: A, what a that gift! With, like, the ohm sound as well, like yeah, um, unless yeah. you have an interest in taking up Mongolian singing, chase. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like <laughs> I'm waiting for a, uh, you know the <laughs> yeah. the debut oh, there's here. Lots like, of do you want a demonstration? Do you want oh, demo?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, if it if it's if the invitations there, <laughs> no,
3: I'll we will, we will okay, yeah, do yeah.
1: that.
3: But just that sound and that safety, like and that vibration, yeah. you know, kind of similar yeah. to like, you know, kids like downregulate when they're in the car, or like whatever, it's like that motion. Um, yeah. but like when it's, especially like in the container of like the love and like the presence and like, you know, his, soul being like so there and like so much love into that moment mm. um because it's also it's like not something you can fake like sometimes I'm <laughs> like you got to switch the octave you know go into like more yeah. medicine songs yeah. you know like cuz like the the intensity um, it can be a lot <laughs> but um it's really cool like i do think that that's like an underutilized um Thing that the man the man tool, can do yeah, is yeah. like you you do have a place you do have like a, a need and a purpose like in those initial times too and yeah. like the skin to skin is so powerful and really we're all co-regulating right and mm-hmm. especially when when there's an infant involved it's like yeah. they're just desperate for us to regulate yeah. ourselves so right. that they can yeah. co regulate together and that's yeah. like that's probably actually the most challenging thing is like yeah. every moment I need to bring myself back to center Mm, to self-regulate in order to have him be regulated. And I mean, we've like, our son is, is pretty damn calm and pretty like, I mean, every people comment, like like, I've never seen such like a present, like engaged and like happy baby, you know? And like, that's, I don't think that's because of us, but I do think it's like that creating that environment of regulation, just like safety, you know, in ourselves first. So it yeah. is, it is yeah. because of you guys. I'll just, <laughs> mm, I'll, I'll say that. Sister. Yeah, it is.
0: <laughs> it is because of you guys, like babies and kids are such sponges and they yes. will match the energy, uh, around them. And I think even before they're born, you know, what, how are we interacting as women who are carrying with the world, with our partner, they're hearing our voice, they're hearing our heartbeat. Um, Mm. I think that that's a huge thing is like, if we're regulating and our heartbeat is boom, boom mm-hmm. boom ber- versus like breathing up in our chest and yelling and like you know the sure. world isn't safe type of thing so it is you guys like mm-hmm. take full ownership of that because that is something to be very proud of um mm-hmm. i know obviously he has a lot of life left to live um <laughs> and you guys are probably still discovering like who and how he's going to be in life but mm-hmm. man it seems as an observer like holy crap this kid is blessed with parents mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I, I think he's gonna, he's gonna realize that. And, um, I'm, I'm just like, I'm sitting back just in total admiration of both of you and the way that mm-hmm. you approach this adventure and for mm-hmm. all of its ups and downs and just like, wow, deep bow to you both. It's, it's mm-hmm. the hardest and most important job on earth.
3: Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank
0: you. Super yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. I have so many more questions. Like I could go for like <laughs> yeah. literally three more hours with you guys. <laughs> yeah, um, totally. but obviously I want to be, you know, protective and, and, um, sensitive to your time. I know you're, we're, we're taking you away from your babe. <laughs> you right probably heard
3: him a little bit. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. <laughs> this has yeah. been so,
0: so enriching.
1: Yeah. This has been awesome guys. Thank yeah. you.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, to- uh, like the older I get, the more I realize how this is actually such a hotbed for healing. This world is in the, domain of of family and Mm
1: -hmm. and it's funny
2: it's actually it's not that the world doesn't have resources if you come from a home that may not have stable parenting but those resources suck (laughs) like Mm. you you will be funneled into (laughs) pseudo authority and pseudo, pseudo parenting and there's this critical stage of life where dependency on your parents is important and of course we talk a lot about especially in the wellness space rites of passage that have been lost and how important those are but but i think we're still missing the thing that prior to the rite of passage which is this dependency on your parent and the establishment Mm. of love and safety and if you don't ever have that to the degree how do you even go through a rite of passage because you missed out on the key component to being uh nutrient dense thus you know missing the parents and if you, if you walk through life and you roll into adulthood, you'll be funneled into these pseudo authority realms. And you're looking to your government, your teacher, your pastors, your coaches, your bosses for uh, some level of authority presence that will lead you astray and or just piss you off. And there's mm-hmm. just this missing component to the establishment in early life of safety and presence and protection and love that comes only from parents and Mm -hmm. it's just as old the the older i get the more i'm seeing that and that's really 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 where the work is and Mm -hmm. how we make change and it's it's uh we get carried away especially as hustlers and and entrepreneurs and people who want to make impact and it's we we think it's the likes and the counts and the downloads Mm -hmm. and it's actually the the Hmm. really foundational stuff that so many aren't seeing because it's out it's not as public and um i'm just i'm just inspired and and motivated by both of you and and uh of course i've had some some uh you know the 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 parenting thing is definitely moving up on the queue for me and and uh you make it sound so fun and uh (laughs) and just spiritually inspiring Mm, and purpose Mm. right like so much of my uh orientation in life has been like where where and what gives me purpose? And I, I can't help sure. but just see that embodied in, in both of you energetically and, and uh, makes me excited.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I have one more question. If you guys can yeah. spare just a couple more minutes. Yeah. Um, we usually have a question that we ask every guest on The Medicine, but I'm going to pivot. And um, I think you know anyone listening can obviously tell that you guys have done a shit ton of work. On yourselves in the past and currently, and for this um, for this season of life of being new parents, but also doing it in the most conscious way to also nourish your relationship. What are some other resources yeah. that you could recommend? Um, obviously, we got the book Soul of Discipline. Um, are there any other books, podcasts, resources that were like, oh my god, I'm so glad that we jumped into this. Um, either before, kid, or during, whatever whatever comes up for you.
1: I've got mm-hmm. one that's jumping out at me. Mm-hmm. Um, so before Luca came, we were in a course that was phenomenal. Uh, and we both had stories around money. Um, and so we were in a program called Wise Money. And it's a very spiritual program with some oh. very rooted, like solid stuff. And I, I forget the statistic, but how many divorces happen as a result of money stuff. So really getting on the same page of that and committing to that as a couple because that's all root chakra stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's our own root chakras, but then we realize that as parents, again, our nervous systems are going to co-regulate with Luca and and that. So I think really having conversations around that, discussing our goals with that, being guided because we were never really taught, you know, I think most people weren't really taught a healthy relationship with money. And so it's, it's been a lot of our own personal work and collective work. So I really think that conversation, the finances piece and just being a team on that and opening communication and that, that course, uh, uh, Christina, what's her last name? Christina Wise. Mm -hmm. And she's got a book. I don't even recall what it is, but if you, uh, do you recall that? Um, So either the course or one of her her books, I forget what it is, but just Christina with a K, Christina, that honestly has been, I think a under undervalued, but something that many people ourselves included for Mm -hmm. the longest time looked past and really taking ownership of that for ourselves. And then the little man
3: I think is absolutely critical. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I didn't expect you to say that. I think that's a great suggestion though. because like at a root chakra level right like there's so much going on with that especially in partnership and like your roles shift a lot when you know you start a family um, for a time being at least um and you know i actually took a really different approach with my pregnancy um i i'm always like the researcher like i don't know if you guys are familiar with human design but i'm like a one four so like the investigator like i love to dig in i love to learn all that and i really took like, I mean, after doing all this work through my life um, and having a really authentic relationship to self-development, I kind of let off the guardrails and was like, I don't want to research anymore. I don't want to learn too much more. Mm -hmm. Um, But the one foundational thing, like, I mean, I had my diet dialed, like I had these core foundational things already established. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend that to everybody to like, just wing it, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, Real Food for Pregnancy um, is a fantastic book for women, um, just to get that like, again, that nourishment, cause you're nourishing a, another life too. Yeah. And like m- most people need to like learn how to do that for themselves first. And I would also, um, I don't have a direct resource, but finding a coach or some guide in how, and we still have work to do with this too, which is, the main advice that Dr. Nathan Riley gave us too, is like work on your relationship. Mm -hmm. Like we fortunately have really good communication styles. We have very aligned values. Like we don't have like one of those like big T trauma things where it's like, you know, we have to still work through those things. Um, But yeah, working on your relationship and really feeling like you're in a place, like you know that things are gonna shift and you don't know how, but like, I think that the cornerstone goes by, my have always said too, it's like, I want to be your wife first. I, like mm. before the the role of mother is like, because it's so easy to just, like you were saying, Mimi, to just be like, I am mom now and I'm not his lover first, you know, or like yeah. you know, those things, like getting your priorities in line so that the trickle down effect can actually really naturally yeah. occur to, mm-hmm. to our kids. That's beautiful advice.
0: And I totally resonate with that. It's something that I am already thinking about. Um, and yeah, we, it's, just, it's just wild how many, Similarities and shared values between the four of us. It's like it is almost like staring into like a future version (laughs) of ourselves. Almost like it's it's been really really nice. Were Mm. you gonna say something?
2: Yeah, I was gonna say where can people find both of you? You know, something we didn't get into much is that you've you've done so much outside of just you know parenting in the relationship space. Um, You're both coaches uh, holistic health, nutrition, performance specialists have worked with probably countless people at this point, which we'd love to have you back on and get yeah. even more, uh, in, into that level of work as well. But where can people find you now? Cause they should, everybody, you should be checking these guys out following them on social at the minimum
3: um, for me instagram's probably the best right now i'm kind of evolving my services and getting back out into the workspace um, i really want to support um, women postpartum um, mm-hmm. especially from a nourishment perspective pre during and um, after birth so um, my screen name handle is vital theory and i'm working on my new offerings and stuff so that's awesome. the best place to find me awesome which
1: are gonna be bad which are you're already doing it but it's gonna be badass nice um <laughs> yeah i get the benefits so like when she cooked like she just cooked i don't even know like she cooked like 60 meals before luca came to like wow. set us up for each of that was huge wow. that was like that was like game fucking changer <laughs> when you're not when you're not sleeping to like be able to have like some shepherd's pie or like a oh, nice oh, my oh God, good, Yeah. Beer. I bought a second freezer that was like, she's like, I just <laughs> need a no, third freezer. Holy shit. She's like, we <laughs> like need another freezer. I was like, we need, need another freezer? Like we got a whole cow. We got best animal. money we got, ever spent. You know, yeah. The best money ever spent. Like, thank, like, I'm so grateful that she did that. And I get the benefit of like, when she cooks for other women, like she just did, I don't know, like 40 plus meals for another lady. Oh my God. Wow. Uh and like, uh, and you know, there's leftovers or there's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like... It's like
3: meal prep time. Yeah. yeah. She's
1: like, you can cook. I was like, I can cook, but like, I'd way rather <laughs> no, like bow down and... But, where can people find you? Where can people find me? Yes. <laughs>
3: um,
1: uh, Instagram, mike.salemi is a great place. My website, mikesalemi.io, not .com. Um, if anybody's interested in the masculine or men's work that I lead, that brand or branch is called menofmovement.com. And uh, those are the best places. So whether it's for like performance stuff, Chase, like you mentioned, so Bulgarian bags, kettlebells, or really the men's work. And the podcast that I have is called The Path, which Mimi was just on. We'll be releasing that yeah. very, very soon. And yeah, those are those are the best places to find me. And uh, just once again, just really grateful. Like this has been so... Mm-hmm. We don't get to do... I've had Lauren on, on my show a few times and I'm always like, feel very honored. Mm-hmm. Um, and also to have you guys who Like, we see so much similarities, and like, I just already feel like this heart connection. So, it's Mm -hmm. very special. I just want to like share that very special for us to do this, Mm -hmm. and then to also have you guys facilitating this and us getting to share. Um, like my heart feels uh very, very full right now. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, Same.
3: we're Same. all just bath- hanging out. Yeah.
1: Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're all just bathing in this love bubble. I love it. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for being here. You guys listening, thank you for hanging out with us today. Check the show notes for all the links, and we will talk to you next time. Go spread some light. Okay, bye. Hey friend, thanks for listening. Did you hear anything today that expanded your mind, made you laugh, touched your soul, or caused you to think differently about this topic? I hope so. I invite you to share this episode with someone you love. It takes 30 seconds and has the potential for a great ripple effect. Our world needs more people having real, honest, and open-minded dialogue on big topics. And you never know, you may just change their entire day. We love you and appreciate you being here with us. Cheers.